Welcome to another episode of the Spark Influence Podcast with Misty and Peter Phillip. Hey, baby, welcome back. Glad to be back. Yes, and I want to start off today's episode congratulating our friends at Angel Studios and to all of our friends who promoted and supported the movie Sound of Freedom, which shines the light on the horrific sin of child sex trafficking. I'm blown away at how y'all showed up for the movie and it became number one beating major Hollywood productions. It's so incredible. Yeah, beat Indiana Jones. The movie highlights of a very strong warning from scripture about children, and that comes from Luke 17.2. In the ESV, it says, It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, then he should cause one of these little ones to sin. I think God feels very strongly about his children and about people that harm children. Yeah, there's... There's an innocence in children that you can, when destroyed, is more egregious than harm as an adult, right? It's different. It sounds weird, but there's a difference, right? It's it's a, it's a vastly more devastating and impactful for the little ones, right? And I, I, and I think it, it outlines an appropriate punishment for all the people who do that. Absolutely. And as parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, we need to be aware of the dangers that are facing our young people today. We need to help them to set boundaries and to create guardrails and to provide safety nets for our children. This means that we need to be aware of the dangers ourselves. We also need to know who our kids are friends with and what they're doing online. The question that I want to address today is how do we parent with intention? In a world where anything goes, parents are looking for answers on how to raise children well in this woke culture. So that's what I want to address today. Okay. You know, I am just so thankful that our kids are grown, first of all. I know you uh, had a uh, hard time when they were babies, when they were newborns, always checking to make sure they were breathing. And, and then once they started to grow, you're like, they're boys, they're fine. You know, unless we see blood, you know, they're good. And uh, I think it was a little harder on me when they were growing up, just... Your mom, of course, it's going to be harder on you. Right. right? Having... With all boys. Like, having boys, yeah. And they grew up with a brother, so I mean, it was, I knew it was going down. Right. But... I know that I I will never regret protecting my children, knowing who their friends were, knowing the things that they were involved in. Even when we let our kids have devices and, and was at the beginning of social media, I had, you know, I checked everything that our oldest child did through social media right. and just really kept tabs on that. But we knew the games that they were playing. But now there are so many dangers for our kids. You can't just hand them an iPad and, you know, put on a kid's programming and think that they're going to be okay. So it's important for us to to be aware of the dangers, but then also to to help them to know what is good and, and to know what is bad and, and to know when they've stumbled across something inappropriate. So uh, there's a concept and it's different now. So when we were raising kids, we were at the tail end of that. When we were children, it was you know, come home when the streetlights are on and you get that, you had to, you better beat feet and get home before it gets dark. Right. And 
I couldn't play with kids that my parents had never met their parents. Like they had to know their parents and meet them. And then it would be okay if I could play with them or not. Now uh, parents have, they have to have so much situational awareness on so many fronts. You not only have to have, there's a whole electronics front an online world that you have to be cognizant of. There is the, the world of their education and where they're being trained in ways, whether you don't want it or like it or not, there is situational security when they leave and they go out in public with you or without you. Right. And then there's the, the erosion of that vetting of friendships, people that they know and meet that's not as nearly vetted and, and, and they're going and doing things that maybe not what you intended. Right. Some of these electronics are helpful in that they can track them. You can see where they are. You can call them and ping them. But there's a lot of things that parents are not aware of. And it's, it's a full-time job to parent and to keep them safe. And all parents lay awake of all the horrible things that could happen. But there's so much now out there that it's really, there really has to be an effort, right? There are so many electronic avenues to get to them, right? that that has to be really watched after and, 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 and talked about. And we can, we can go into these and kind of explore the avenues, I think, later, but I don't want to well, take us off track. No, this is good because we need to be in the world and not of the world. So, you know, we let our, our kids play video games. But, but you I played the games first with them. Played like, it I would play the for, games And that's what I was first. just going to say. Could you speak to how you, you were aware of what certain games were and what they weren't and, and ones to stay away from. And, and what was that vetting process like? Yeah. So, I mean, and I've always been like the reader consumer of information, right? So I would always look up and I liked video games. I mean, I played them. I grew up on Atari 2600. So, I mean, that was an awesome setup, but for yeah, Pong was good. Tank was my favorite, but as games evolved, I made sure that I would at least test them out or understand them and see what was in them. And then things got really evolved now. So like Discord, which is a chat environment, or Twitch, where it's online streaming, those avenues are now being heavily utilized by, by predators. And to, what's to, the other one that I asked you about the other day? Tw- o- Omegle, yeah. Omegle is just a, uh, it's a randomized video. It's like, it's a million Zoom channels that just pop open and someone's there and you can just talk and say hi. Or it could be someone standing there without any clothes on or, you know, people wearing a horse mask and playing a guitar. Like, it's just the weirdest environment in the world. But there's very much, it's a very dangerous place to be for children. And if it's not supervised, I would not allow that in my house. Discord is just a really a chat environment, but it's geared for specific things. But there are people who are predators. If it's an online environment, predators will be there, right? They will, they will be there in some fashion. So you really need to be aware of what your kids are doing, what apps are on their phones and, and what, when they're spending time online, who's there and what's in it, right. And go into those channels and see what's happening with them. It may sound or feel oppressive, but it's not when something happens. I was, I told you I would change the term when something happens, you can never get the toothpaste back in the tube. You can't undo it ever, but you can prevent tons of it. Just like when you go to the mall or if you take them to a shopping if they're little, they do not leave your hand. They do not go wander. They do not go to the bathroom by themselves, right? This is the world we live in. These are the things. It takes a second to snatch a child. You can never find them. You're lucky if you ever find them ever. And we see tons of evidence of that. So being aware of that, taking those electronics in hand, you don't have, your kid doesn't have to have a phone at six years old. Like they don't. They may tell you that. Or nine, and their friends tell you 10. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, your gut, 
guides you in this, but don't let them wear you down and don't let the pressure what the world says they should be doing this. Don't, don't, don't let that be. It's okay for it to be wrong. And, and you don't, you're not have to be their friend. They may say they hate you, but no, they're going to thank you later. Believe me, they're going to thank you and make it a reward thing, right? If you want to really, really offer it, it has to become some type of high reward device. Like on the weekends, you can play with the iPad because you did all the work I expected you to do during the week and those kind of, we've gotten away from some of that. And so, and I know it's really busy and it's a good babysitter for a lot of parents. They can just give the iPad and they're quiet and they're just sitting there doing it. And there are specific games that could be helpful and educational. And I'm not knocking. I mean, I love an iPad. I think is a tremendous device, but it, it's not, it's not the free instant babysitter that everyone tries to utilize it like. Yeah. So that brings me to kind of another point is if you're limiting time, then you want to provide your kids with books to read. Absolutely. We, one of the things that we did a lot, we had a lot of books on tape, uh, dating myself yes, here. Pre-CDs, pre, uh, right? <laughs> Pre-CDs or even pre-streaming. But you can still get great books on digitally that your kids can listen to. Yeah, Audible is the best 15 bucks you can ever spend, right? A month and you get and you can have 50 million books available to be read to them all the time. It's yeah, great. and one of the things that I would do when when I was homeschooling is we would put something on to listen to and dump a big bucket of Legos on the floor and let everybody play and and their their hands were busy as they were building Legos, but they were also we were pouring good things into them. And I think that is just as important for us as parents today that we have to be on guard for the evils, but we also need to be providing opportunities for them to do good things. We did music lessons with our boys. They all played instruments and, you know, had activities that they were involved in, speech and debate, football. Made them um, go outside. Like, made them go outside and play, which yeah. was a really good thing it's for a them. Very good thing. You know, so, I mean, we're talking about the electronic front. If you don't know this, you're about to. So none of the apps that seem like harmless games, and I'm not making a blanket all things, but I'm saying the, of the large part of the apps that become really trendy and fun uh, and social platforms, they don't, they have none of your interest at heart. They are trying to turn you into a commodity. They are a dopamine engine. All they try to do is, is engage your brain and release dopamine and you get the same reaction that a drug addict. The people on social media's MRIs look like a, someone who just did cocaine. Like it's a really, I mean, they know what they're doing and they've tuned it this way. And it should be telling that the people who invented these games and, and invented these platforms don't let their children on these platforms. The person who wrote Instagram would not let their child have an Instagram account. Like, so those are things you need to think about and, and not let the pressure wear you down. Don't let the daily grind of life, which is tough, get in the way of these things. Use the platform, shape it to your needs for your children because you can. You can make it do what you need it to do. It's beneficial. It can be a time, it can be a way to, I mean, if you, if people who want to read and get a reader on the iPad, you can read thousands of books and it's the ways less than a pound, right? And those are great. Those are um, tremendous things. Or painting. There's a lot of apps that are really good for painting, like Procreate and some others that it, you can't tell it wasn't done in real world, right? It's beautiful stuff. And the kids can explore their talents and their love for that. Those are all good things, right? But unfettered, unstructured, unrestricted access to these things is incredibly dangerous. And if you are in that space, I would suggest you take a step back 
and then take that iPad or iPhone and look at everything that's on it or Android in any of the devices, look at everything that's on it, open every account, look at every interaction, every chat, every message you need to know what's happening because like I said, the toothpaste doesn't go back in the tube. That's right. That's a really good point. I also want to encourage parents to have conversations with their children, help them to understand what the dangers are and for them to have open dialogue about these dangerous subjects. In doing so, this will help their kids to develop critical thinking skills. So we don't, we didn't drone on about, you know, we didn't make our kids afraid to be in the world, but at the same time, we made them aware of circumstances and potential dangers. And so I think that's an important part of our parenting is is helping our kids understand and having conversations, having hard conversations with them about these difficult subjects. Yeah, don't don't just say that. I mean, you know, a lot of parents fall to the just do what I'm saying, right? They kids are not stupid. They do stupid things. They're not stupid. They they if you give them details behind this, I'm trying to protect you. I want to do this for this. Like outline an active outline what happens. Like if someone asks you to go somewhere, no, it's not, you know, if everyone comes pick you up, d- find a code word for the family that they would have to know. Like what's the challenge word? Tell me what the word is that the person told you to pick me up is. If they don't know the word, they're not your friend and they're not in there to take you home. They're there to take you somewhere else, right? Th- those kind of things sound a little erroneous, sound a- like egregious and scary, but that's where we are today. Like this is where we are. This happens frequently. So pay att- teach them to pay attention. Be honest with them about what, why you're doing this and what's happening. And, and they'll, they'll absorb it very quickly. And then some, you can almost, they almost game it. The kids almost be like, Oh, okay, I'm gonna pay attention. I'm gonna be really aware. And I'm gonna, you know, and, and, or they're helpful. If they have a younger sibling and they're in that middle age, they become really helpful. They keep an eagle eye on the sibling, right? You can, I've seen this time and time again, we did with our kids, right? So those things are important to not glaze over and to not make it a scary thing or to trivialize it so much, right? It needs to be just like you tell them what happens if the house catches on fire. This is along those same lines. Like, what are we going to do? This is what you do. This is what happens. This is how it works. Yeah, that's really good. I think one of my favorite things about the way we raised our kids was, and I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'm going to bring it up again because it was really one of my favorite things is just that time at the dinner table that we had with our kids. We were involved in a lot of activities, but we didn't overschedule ourselves. We made sure there was time for us to sit at the table and talk about not even just the dangers, but to talk about everything and to really really helped to shape and to mold our kids' worldview around the table, around that dinner conversation. And a lot of these teachable moments can happen around the dinner table. No, man, 100%. That's how I grew up. And that's what we did with our kids. And I loved it. We fostered that so much because it was, it was a big deal. It was a lot of time because everybody's got stuff. They're doing things and right. And we, even though we homeschooled, you still had really busy day. You still had a lot of things to do, right? especially when the kids were really young, right? And Ian's puttering around being Ian and Connor's, you know, special needs. And he was extremely needy about certain things. And we had to do a lot of things for him. But it, it came quiet and everyone was at the table. And we talked about the day, we talked about what we did. We could tell dad stories 
about stuff I did in my childhood. They love to hear those sort of things. And we talk about our past or our relatives or we'd have grandparents over and hang out with them. But it was at the dinner table, right? It, that's one of the most powerful weapons, I think, in the family arsenal in the world is the dinner table. Absolutely. Or even having conversations about current events. It's a good way for you to let your kids know what is going on in the world, but filtering it in a way that they can understand and um, helps them to start to process the way they see the world and the way we interact with the world. And it teaches them how to interact with the world. Yeah. And ask their opinion and have them bring them into the story. And they want to talk about it. They want to have their opinion. Sometimes they're fun and silly, but sometimes kids are super insightful. And you're like, oh, wow, that's really pretty good, actually. You know, your kids <laughs> will surprise you. So sometimes not so well, but that's that all that happens there, right? Just being that I love that part about, yeah, I love that, the, uh, the like current events and just, you know, for me, when it was like that was my dad had the newspaper, right? And he would sit at the table and read the newspaper and I would steal the comic section because he didn't read the comic section, right? But then he would ask me about a story or something, uh, you know, and even now, not so much, right? Some of the lessons don't equate anymore. Like I would ask him, what, what, be reading something, and I'm like, well, what is this word? He said, I don't know, go look it up. So I had to go find a Webster's Dictionary, and I'd have to look up the word and find the meaning and then understand the context. Right now, kids just ask Siri or whatever, and, you know, you're, you're moving on. So uh, these are really good activities and things to have at the dinner table, I think, is one of the best things you could have brought up. Yeah, so I think that, you know, having that relationship with your kids, knowing what's going on in their world, knowing the things that they're doing, being aware, like you said, being vigilant, being a parent means you've got to be vigilant in this day and age and find opportunities to tie heartstrings with your kids and to really pour into them and to find out the things that they're interested and foster their interests. I think that's another really good way for us to parent our kids and to parent them well when the world is all woke and crazy, we can find good things that our kids like to do and we can encourage them encourage them in those activities. Hundred, yeah, well, I don't know why you wouldn't, right? That's great. You were very good about that. And, and, and coming alongside them, right? Like I play the bagpipes worse than just dropping them. The same sound pretty much of just dropping the bag and me playing. So when I don't, I'm not musical and I played the harmonica, I will, yeah, not even, that wasn't a thing to play the juice harp though, which is just a piece of metal that goes boing, 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 boing. That's pretty much, I'm a, I'm a genius at that, right? I could be in a hillbilly band all day, not super musical. And, and I don't, you don't play, I don't think you play any instruments either. Right. No, so I, I tried to play the our, piano. Our kids are I, like, I know one song. kids are insane, man. They all play multiple instruments and, 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 but we encouraged that. We went with them. We enjoyed, enjoyed what they liked. Let them put on concert for us or whatever, like, we were involved. Fostered the love of Fostered the love music. of that, right? Yeah. Even if it's something, there were things that they they did growing up, and I was like, I don't want to do this. And you were like, <laughs> stop it. You're going to go. That's so why I get it. I mean, I was just like, I have no interest in this whatsoever. But you have to. You have to have the interest. It's not all about you. And uh, those were good lessons, both for me and the kids, right? So I love that. That's right. Yeah, sometimes dads can be grumpy. No, no. <laughs> I was the grumpy older dad when I wasn't older. <laughs> so <laughs> just fulfilling my prophecy here uh, that I started 20 years ago. 
Yeah. Well, this has been a fun episode, a hard episode. Nobody wants to talk about child trafficking or the dangers that we face today, but I think that it's important for us to have these conversations as parents, for us to be involved with our kids, with what's going on. And again, I just want to close out this episode kind of in the same place that we started. And I want to just thank everyone who supported this movie. It is such an important movie. If you haven't seen it, please go to the theaters and support it. It's a hard movie to watch, but it's so well done. They did a great job. This is Academy Award winning stuff, but it will never win an Academy Award because of the world system. But, But in the Lord's eyes, by shining a light on this horror, they will hear, well done, my good and faithful servants. So thank you all who've supported the movie. If you haven't, go see it. Thanks for this conversation, Peter, and the insight on keeping our kids safe in this crazy world we're living in. Amen.